Hello and welcome. This is Melissa Giles, Portfolio Manager with Americana Partners. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'll be reviewing the November market commentary provided by David M. Darst, Chief Investment Officer with Americana Partners. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. The first section I will be covering is the outlook. Asset prices continue to reflect a blend of positive employment and consumer strength, neutral corporate profits beating expectations but not growing year over year, and less positive manufacturing data and capital expenditure readings in the economy, supported by accommodative monetary policy from the Federal Reserve and other central banks. The landscape of positive but slowing economic growth does not lead us to a draconian conclusion that recession is imminent, but does indicate that we are later in the cycle. With this backdrop and mindful of the decade-long expansion in the U.S. economy and the concomitant rise in stock and bond prices, U.S. equity markets are at or near all-time highs. Our investment stance is one of caution and conservatism. With the first report of third quarter 2019 real GDP at positive 1.9% and fourth quarter 2019 projected to come in by the Atlanta Federal Reserve and the New York Federal Reserve at positive 0.3% and 0.4% respectively. Growth has been slowing in the U.S. manufacturing. The October Chicago PMI at 48.3 signaling contraction weakened to its lowest levels in four years. Exports capital expenditures, leading indicators, and the cash freight shipping index. In Germany and in China, retail sales, fixed asset investment, and industrial production. At the same time, the October jobs report showed positive 128,000 jobs versus much lower estimates. The previous two months' data were revised upward by 95,000 jobs, Unemployment remains at a very low 3.6%. Average hourly earnings are growing at positive 3% year over year, and the average work week has been holding steady at 34.4 hours. Despite slowing growth, these positive labor statistics support a healthy U.S. consumer as evidenced below by a softening but still elevated reading of consumer confidence. Although we do not expect an imminent recession, we are mindful that for each of the past five recessions, the officially declared onset of economic downturn came five to 14 months after the recession had actually begun, indicating that it is often challenging to discern when a recession has come upon us. The chart below illustrates the length of time between the recession's actual onset and when the recession was declared to have begun by the National Bureau of Economic Research. After a $60 billion per month repo-driven balance sheet expansion and its third policy interest rate reduction of 2019 on October 30th to a 1.5-1.75% range, largely reversing the four interest rate increases of 2018, which were a contributing factor to last year's 6.2% price decline in the S&P 500. The Federal Reserve is monitoring whether to continue its accommodative monetary policies. With Fed Chair Powell's statement that the risk remain but they have subsided. The probability of a fourth interest rate cut at the Fed's December 10-11 meeting is below 5%. History is mixed as to whether three interest rate cuts have been positive for equity markets. Three interest rate cuts in 1985 and 1988 turned out to be positive for equity prices, while in 2001, they failed to stem an equity price decline. 
The below chart shows that the Federal Reserve's total balance sheet has been rising of late and has now retraced 40% of the runoff that began in early 2018. In the Eurozone, given lackluster economic growth and continued disinflationary headwinds, the European Central Bank has indicated that in November, with 20 billion euro per month, it has restarted its quantitative easing program of printing money to purchase Eurozone countries' sovereign bonds. Monetary policy remains accommodating and, in our view, can be a buffer against large-scale asset price declines. On a year-over-year basis, S&P 500 profits have declined in the first and second quarters of 2019, and the third quarter, as of November 15th, is projected to show a decline of negative 2.3%. Companies beating their estimates and or reporting an optimistic outlook have been rewarded, such as Procter & Gamble, GE, United Healthcare, Biogen, Alexion, Pfizer, Merck, and Mattel. And companies falling short of their estimates have been punished, including Caterpillar, McDonald's, Texas Instruments, Travelers, and Eli Lilly. Analysts and strategists have been paying particular attention to CEOs and CFOs' rather mixed comments about the revenue and profit outlooks for the fourth quarter of 2019 and calendar year 2020. As reported by FactSet and Refinitiv, analyst estimates call for fourth quarter 2019 S&P 500 earnings to be negative 1.4% in calendar year 2019, 0% first quarter 2020, positive 5.1% second quarter 2020, positive 6.4% in calendar year 2020, 9.7%. Past experience indicates that these estimates may in fact be a bit too optimistic and may be subject to some degree of downward revision. The below chart shows that the yield curve has again regained a positive slope with 10-year U.S. Treasury yields exceeding two-year U.S. Treasury yields by approximately 27 basis points. Having briefly dipped into negative sloping territory in the third quarter of this year, helping spark a negative 1.8% August sell-off in the S&P 500 index. This return to a positively sloped yield curve has, for the time being, allayed many investors' fears of recession. With more than $11 trillion in sovereign bonds now carrying negative yields and ultra-low interest rates in the United States, Europe, China, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, in our opinion, bonds still appear to be in the euphoric stage of their three-decade bull market move. The four stages of a bull market being pessimism, skepticism, optimism, and euphoria. We believe bonds play an important role in a diversified portfolio. However, investors should temper their expectations of their total return potential given such low yields and high prices. In U.S. equities, it is worth remembering that a secular bear market transpired from the dot-com crash of 2000-2001 through the great financial crisis of 2008-2009. Then, what we consider to be the eight to nine-year initial phase of a secular bull market began from the washed-out, demoralized lows reached in March 2009, with price pullbacks occurring in 2010 and 2012, sparked by European debt worries in 2014 due to collapsing oil prices and in 2016 set off by a China GDP growth scare. After having declined 14% from early September through Christmas Eve 2018, U.S. equities represented by the S&P 500 index have risen positive 24.5% year-to-date through November 15, 2019 led by a concentrated group of mega-cap technology stocks, especially Apple, positive 68.5%, 
Microsoft positive 47.4%, Facebook positive 48.8%, and Google positive 27.6%, with the S&P 500 setting more than 20 all-time records on its March higher this year. The sizable market capitalization share of the 10 largest companies as a percentage of the S&P 500 total market capitalization is shown in the chart below. And although not at a record, it is well above its 30-year average and does not represent a cause for some degree of concern. Such episodes of rotating sectoral bullishness, including technology stocks and momentum stocks, and bearishness, including at times cryptocurrencies, cannabis companies, unicorn valuations, Chinese equities, European bank stocks, emerging market stocks, oil field service companies, and MLPs, and alternating overall market rallies and corrective phases, are classically emblematic of multi-year cyclical choppy back-and-forth trading ranges. Potential positive catalysts that could take equity prices yet higher, even from the recently attained lofty levels, may be classified according to the three Ps, profits, policy, and politics. Profits estimates being revised upward by industry analysts and guidance being raised by corporate managers with constructive comments, this is not yet happening to any meaningful degree. Policy accommodation on the monetary front already implemented with three interest rate cuts and balance sheet expansion by the Fed, the fiscal front more stimulus is not currently expected nor reflected in asset prices, and the currency front not at present despite the express preference for many quarters for a weaker U.S. dollar that would stimulate U.S. exports and raise the dollar value of foreign currency earnings by U.S. corporations and politics domestically moving in a more constructive direction, bipartisanship to us appears more unlikely than likely, and or globally, following a brighter course, also probably more unlikely than likely. Potential negative catalysts that could cause consequential asset price weakness may be classified according to the three W's, weakening, worsening, and wealth. Weakening manufacturing capital expenditures, employment, consumer confidence, and consumer spending, the consumer sector appears to be holding steady, yet recession-like conditions are nearby or already present in numerous manufacturing categories and regions. Worsening relations involving trade, tariffs, and the flow of capital, people, and ideas more likely than unlikely to be worsening at this point despite their material influence on the direction of asset prices and the difficulty of predicting outcomes in the short term and or affiliations with many of America's geopolitical partners and traditional allies. Perhaps a worsening is already factored into asset prices given the changes underway or that have already occurred, and wealth taxes and regulatory attacks, aspersions, and denunciations of ultra-high net worth taxpayers, dominant technology, internet search, and social networking companies, energy companies in the hydrocarbon sector, oil, coal, and natural gas, and pharmaceutical, biotechnology, and other healthcare companies in the year ahead leading up through the political debates through the statewide party primaries and ultimately through the November 3, 2020 elections. This trend is already underway. Based on financial market participants' expectations of stock market volatility, as implied by S&P 500 index options, the VIX index chart below displays some meaningful degree of investor complacency, which can be worrisome as economic data is deteriorating. Investors should also be aware of the psychological impact of geopolitical and political risks and consider how they would react to major negative news developments 
and for that matter, positive news developments relating to the China trade dispute and the U.S.-China relationship more broadly, Brexit, impeachment proceedings, or escalated socio-political unrest in Hong Kong, Venezuela, Iran, Catalonia, Chile, Lebanon, Bolivia, and along the Syria-Kurdish-Turkey frontier. In this environment, we recommend that investors lean toward the three C's, caution, conservatism, and cash. Caution with ongoing disciplined analysis of existing positions and the identification of high-quality assets can be purchased during bouts of sustained asset-specific or general market weakness. Conservativism with recognition of and attention paid to which specific assets and asset classes in the investor's portfolio are sufficient quality to be held for the long term and which specific assets and asset classes are to be viewed opportunistically, subject to disenchanted purchase or sale dependent on intermediate term changes in fundamental valuation and sentiment factors, and cash. We believe in staying invested over the long term, but if cash is already on the sidelines or incoming, it can be viewed as a form of what Warren Buffett considers a call option on assets at attractive lower prices for patient deployment applying judicious blends of realism and courage, flexibility, and conviction. Investment positioning. We tend to be strategic in our investment positioning by keeping a well-diversified asset allocation to be held over the long term. Given the inherent difficulties of tactically timing the swings in the stock market prices, the chart below demonstrates the strategic wisdom of selecting and holding high-quality positions as the difference in portfolio performance from missing just a few best days which often follow meaningful market sell-offs. With that said, if one wanted to be more tactical, they may consider the thoughts below. In the fixed income space, emphasis may be placed on reducing longer maturity and lower quality bonds in favor of shorter maturity and higher quality issues given the low rates and high prices previously discussed. Focus could be placed on defensively positioned stocks and sectors with well-covered dividends, the 0.7 relative P.E. ratio of high dividend yielding stocks to the P.E. ratio of the S&P 500 has been recently hovering near 20-year lows versus its long-term average of 0.85. To our way of thinking, this valuation disparity reflects some degree of attractiveness. Positions could be trimmed in the technology and consumer discretionary sectors year-to-date through November 18th, positive 41.2 and positive 23% respectively, with additions to high-quality, good-yielding names in the financials, consumer staples, and utility sectors year-to-date through November 18, positive 25.1%, positive 21.4%, and positive 19%. Energy stocks, only positive 3.5% year-to-date through November 18th, deserve special mention. Having been reviled, vilified, and rejected due to several years of poor returns on capital and tobaccofied, this sector has been the worst-performing group over the past decade and represents just 4% of the S&P 500 market capitalization compared to over 30% in the early 1980s. Contrarian-minded investors may begin accumulating energy companies possessing the three Ds, discipline, diverse operations, and dividend strength. Discipline in capital spending and balance sheet management, 
allowing the flexibility to expediently purchase assets in other companies when they are experiencing significant operating and price weakness, diverse upstream and downstream operations, allowing the profits or losses from upstream exploration and production activity to be balanced by the profits or losses from downstream refining and marketing operations, and dividend strength, including a well-covered dividend payout ratio as a percentage of annual earnings, as well as management's past practice toward dividend growth. The new European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde, successor to Mario Draghi as of November 1, has indicated her interest in applying stimulus measures to promote job creation in Europe. With European equities yielding 3.9% and trading at 14.9 times forward earnings, compared to the S&P 500 yielding 1.9% and trading at 18.3 times forward earnings, and as shown below, on a price-to-book value basis at 30-year lows relative to the U.S.-European equities appear attractive. We believe that U.S. equities will hold up better as a safe haven in a global recession, but in a slow, positive global growth environment, valuation disparities are wide enough that some exposure is warranted. In the previous seven occasions when the S&P 500 rose more than 20% year-to-date through October, which it has done in 2019, November saw gains seven times, December saw gains six times. Nevertheless, on a short-to-intermediate-term basis, we remain cautious, as it wouldn't surprise us to see a pullback in risk assets. As always, we continue to stress the importance of a well-diversified asset allocation that is aligned with your long-term financial plan. With every good wish to you and your loved ones for a happy Thanksgiving, and in this vein, we hope you can devote a few moments to reading the renowned and slightly modernized 1936 Thanksgiving Proclamation of Connecticut Governor Wilbur L. Cross, 1862-1948. A Connecticut Thanksgiving Proclamation. Time out of mind at this turn of the season when the hardy oak leaves rustle in the wind and the frost gives a tang to the air and the dusk falls early and the friendly evenings lengthen under the heel of Orion, it has seemed good to our people to join together in praising the Creator and Preserver, who has brought us by a way that we did not know to the end of another year. In observance of this custom, I appoint Thursday, the 26th of November, as a day of public thanksgiving for the blessings that have been our common lot and have placed our beloved state with the favored regions of earth. For all the creature comforts, the yield of the soil that has fed us, and the richer yield from labor of every kind that has sustained our lives, and for all those things, as dear as breath to the body, that quicken a person's faith in their own humanity, that nourish and strengthen his or her spirit to do the great work still remaining, for the kind word and act, for honor held above price, for steadfast courage and zeal in the long, long search after truth, for liberty and for justice freely granted by each to his fellow, and so as freely enjoyed, and for the crowning glory and mercy of peace upon our land." that we may humbly take heart of these blessings as we gather once again with solemn and festive rites to keep our harvest home. Given under my hand and seal the state at the Capitol in Hartford, this twelfth day of November, 
in the year of our Lord, 1,936, and of the independence of the United States, the 161st. Wilbur L. Cross, by His Excellency Command, C. John Soddy, Secretary. This concludes our November Market Commentary by David M. Darst. David is Americana Partners' Chief Investment Officer. We are available to answer questions you may have regarding the topics discussed. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. Thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, Portfolio Manager with Americana Partners. Stay invested.